0: Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork podcast. Today we'll be chatting to a former France, Tottenham Hotspur and Portsmouth defender about his memorable soul season at Sunderland AFC. Welcome to the show, Eunice Kabul. How are you, Yunus? Are you well?
1: Hi, uh, yes. Good, thanks. And you?
0: Yeah, very, very well. Um, yeah. Weird times to be a football fan at the moment, but a weird time to be a human, I think, isn't it? Um, how are things at, at your part of the country at the moment?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Right. Um, at this time... Uh, Right now, you know, it's uh, it's best for everyone to to stay safe and stay stay healthy at home. Yeah. And um, and uh, like I said, uh, football comes uh, comes in a second or third plan right now.
0: By the way, I should ask maybe because since you've left Watford, what what has been happening in your in your career?
1: So um, I've decided to to stop playing football uh, at the the professional professional level. level. Yeah. Um, now I'm taking some time off uh, to see which direction uh, I wanna I wanna take in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would probably be more based on uh, on doing my uh, badges for for later to be uh, to be uh, a coach probably. Yeah. So um, I'm uh, I'm learning on my side first uh, before before taking uh, any any action further. course. So I'm going to take you all the way back.
0: Uh, officially, we're going to go back to 2015-16. But first, I'm going to take you all the way back to 2017. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your Tottenham debut was actually at the Stadium of Light in probably one of the most memorable games ever where we scored, someone scored in the last minute. Um, yep. what, would I be right in saying that was your debut for Tottenham? It
1: was. It was, yeah. I thought it so. It was my first uh, Premier League game. Uh, back in august two thousand seven yeah and uh like I said before, I was amazed by uh by the atmosphere by the pace by the intensity by the um, yeah the environment of uh, of football in england yeah and uh someone told me uh before the game that se was uh, was a special place uh to play because of the atmosphere and uh and the noise in that stadium, and I was shocked. I was shocked uh, from uh, from the start of the game, and uh, even more when the, uh, when they scored. Uh, I think it was the ninety second yeah. minute of uh, of the game. Uh, if I, I can't remember who scored, I think it's, it was uh, Chopra. Yes, it was. Yep, Michael Chopra. Yep. Uh, yeah, 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 Chopra. Yeah, and um, and I collapsed after the game. I mean, I was. Uh, I was good obviously, but I was uh, I was shocked by uh, by the the atmosphere. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was some some day to be a Sunderland fan. I've always wondered what it must have been like to be a Tottenham player or fan that day because that was one of my best memories. But I imagine it wasn't too great to be on the receiving end. Um, but yeah. amazing atmosphere that day. But a year later, um, Sunderland made a bid for pretty much everyone that played for Tottenham, I think, at that point. Um, Steve yeah. Malbronk, Pascal, Timu, um, all of the rest of them signed. You were the only one sort of not to sign. And around that sort of time, a quote came out, which I think most of us have heard. Um, can I just ask, did you feel like the media blew that comment out of proportion, or is there anything that you think was reported incorrectly yeah.
1: with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um um it was some words said uh, by uh by someone um and it was uh out, out of context and um if uh if those words came from from my mouth then i would take responsibility for it and i would face it yeah but um that didn't come from me so um whatever in a way but um but at the time yeah uh, I had the option to to come to Sunderland in Harpen and Amuto. Uh,
0: did you ever get the opportunity to to come up to Sunderland at that point? Did you have any discussions, or was because I think you moved to to Portsmouth at that point?
1: Yes, yes, I did. I did. I went to I went to the to the training ground at the time to have a chat with uh, with working. Yep. Um, and we we had a chat and. Um, and then I went back to to Tottenham, uh, and then I, I signed for, for Portsmouth at the
0: time. But thankfully for us, as anyway, um, fast forward to 2015, I think Sunderland and, and Dick Advocar make a bid for you of around 3.5 million. Um, mm-hmm. The move, I remember it quite well, actually. It kind of came out of nowhere as a fan. Um, but how did the move to Sunderland come about? Did you have conversations sort of quite before that, or was it quite fast?
1: It was fast, yes. Um, um, on, uh, on that season, I was not uh, I was not in the plan of uh, of the manager anymore at Tottenham. Yeah, and uh, I had some uh, opportunities abroad, um, but I wanted to to stay in the, in the Premier League. And um, I had a couple of clubs here in, uh, in the Premier in the Premier League, and uh, I've chosen the Sunderland the one purely because uh, every time that I played against Sunderland. Uh, especially at the Stadium of Light, I've always appreciated. Uh, I've always, uh, I don't know, there, there's a vibe there that I uh, always like to to play at uh, at Sunderland. Yeah. Which for for most of most of the clubs and players, they, they don't really enjoy playing there because uh, because of many of many reasons, the the weather, the you know the pressure in the stadium and. Yeah. It was like kind of like a, a fortress in uh, in that stadium, and uh, I wanted to take uh, I wanted to take this uh, this challenge, and um, and I did.
0: When the move came about, it would have been I imagine I, th- I think it was Lee Congerton was there at the time alongside. It was yes. Advocar. So so did they sort of just contact Tottenham a bit? Was accepted and you came straight down. Who did you meet first? Was it Lee Congerton or, or Dick Advocar?
1: Yeah, no, it was it was uh, Lee. Because at the time uh, the team was in uh, in America for so for preseason, yeah, and um, so I went uh, up uh, in Sunderland at the training ground meeting with the congregation to sign my contract, um, and then a few days later I have joined the team in uh, it was in Canada at the time,
0: Toronto. So that's I think we had that wonderfully strange green kit that actually became very lucky as the season went later on. (laughs) I remember quite well. Um, Did you ever worry that because of that quote that we mentioned earlier, that the fans wouldn't take you originally or you had more to prove? Or was that something that never passed on your mind?
1: No, no, not at all. Not at all, no, no. No, no. Uh, I'm someone who who like, who look at the present and the future. I don't really look back. Uh, not at all. Uh I, I knew I mean I, I knew at the time that uh as soon as I sign things like that will uh, will come back. Of course. but as I said, whatever, you know, things like that didn't come from uh, from my mouth. I never thought about something like it. And uh you know, sometimes you you're around people, you, you cannot really control yeah. what they're saying. Of course. And uh, this is what happened.
0: I think as well with, uh, with Sunderland, I think if you even if say something was said, we've had many players that have came from Newcastle and said some things about Sunderland that are really not complimentary and they've admitted that, that it's been said from themselves when they were younger or so. And I think if you play well and you put effort on the pitch, which you did. Exactly. exactly, Very forgiving. Football is football, exactly.
1: right? Exactly. The, you know, the, you, you are judged on the, on the pitch. Uh, whatever up, uh, whatever happened uh, outside. If something comes from uh, from yourself, you take personal responsibility and you and you face it and you move on. Yeah, absolutely. So in that case, uh, I was uh, I was uh, a bit like uh, whatever and. Uh, and then we
0: move on. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah. the season itself, before it started, I was I was actually at your debut against uh, Leicester, but mm-hmm. it was a typical Sunderland season around that time. We, we'd ended the season really well, signed a lot of good players. Uh, German, um, yeah. Oliver, uh, Oliver Teuvenen came in at that point as well. Um, I think Adam Matthews was also in. And it seemed to be a really good, nice, positive vibe around the club. Um, so, before the season started, what were the aims of
1: Dick Advocar and, and the team? Uh to be safe, to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh because of the season uh the previous season. Uh someone escaped it uh not far to, to be to be relegated. So the lesson was learned and um and then the the next season we, we started badly. Yeah. Um for for many, many different reasons. You know, sometimes uh things don't uh don't click yeah um dick at the time you know he done uh, he done a brilliant job the the previous season he done his best for the for the next one and he, he didn't work out um at this time we we us as a player as players we we taking responsibility obviously yeah and uh, a change was uh, was needed but if I have to talk about uh, myself at uh, at the beginning of the season because i was uh, i was terrible uh, because I didn't have a a, a real preseason mm-hmm. because uh, uh basically I was training by myself at at the time i was not training with the team yeah so when I've joined some men, there was about three weeks ahead of me in terms of uh, training yeah which is a lot. Yeah, which, uh, three weeks is almost the, the full preseason, and uh, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to play. You know, when uh, because I'm a, I'm a competitor, so you want to compete, and uh, and physically you're not uh, you're not uh, really ready. Um, but eventually, during the season, things change.
0: I remember a particular game, and it was actually before um, Dick had sort of left, and I think it was Bournemouth Away, uh, where you were, you were sent off. And I remember that being, that being sort of a game where almost things changed an awful lot for you personally. I felt like after you came back from that, I think it was a one-game suspension. Although the team didn't immediately do better, you seemed to, to settle after that, like almost, with, with that red card happening, did it give you like a week to kind of like get the fitness back up, to settle and think, right, this is gonna be my season? Because it ended up being that way.
1: I think um, as an athlete, as a professional athlete, uh, you always have um, bad time when when you touch the when you, touch the crown mm-hmm. and you, you basically, you rock bottom. And at this, uh, at this stage, you can always get better uh and that was the case for me against Bournemouth from the on that day I was uh, I had a terrible game I got a red card I was uh, I was guilty for the first uh, for the first goal mm-hmm. and um and first I and mean, I, I simply faced myself after the game straight after the game when I get, when I went back home I faced myself saying that like, I cannot uh, I cannot carry on like that I can't I cannot carry on playing like that um you know i was training well uh, i was eating well i was sleeping well everything but I was not playing well so i had to i had to find uh, the answers and uh, i just went back to basics basically uh by just concentrating on on de- on defending and being maybe more ugly you know on the pitch yeah. and not trying to to be pretty Let's say so. I had uh, I had one uh, one game, uh, and uh, and then I came back here. Uh, stronger and stronger.
0: Yeah, I would agree absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The start of the season as a whole, like many seasons with Sunderland um, before and and of course after, didn't start the way I think the team wanted it to at all. Um, and I think really quickly it became apparent that maybe. Dick Advocar coming back was maybe not the right option for, for him individually and also for the club but is it true that before the West Ham game I think Dick Advocar came in and said that, that he was due to leave because I remember him crying in the, in the dugout after the, mm-hmm. the second goal went in did, did he address that beforehand or was nothing said? I can't really remember, remember to be honest mm-hmm. um,
1: but we could feel the vibe you know, yeah. before, before that game we could feel that he will, uh, he will either walk out or being being sacked. But um, I think we should all respect uh, Dick for for what he's done for for the club, yeah. especially the
0: for the season before. Absolutely, and he's, uh, he's still a very well-liked person at Sunderland yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he brought some uh, he brought some some light again to to this football club, and um, and sometimes you know, like I said before. Sometimes he, he works well, and sometimes it uh, doesn't work. And uh, in this uh, in this game, when it doesn't work, you need uh, you need a change. So you change manager, and uh, it's easier to change one, man- one manager than uh, probably eleven players or fifteen players. Of course, um, yeah, so...
0: it's not not possible these days. Hey?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um... How did you find it, sort of Dick Advocaat as a man, as a, opposed to a manager? Because he seemed to be a really well liked person um, by his players. Yes.
1: you know it was it was a uh, brilliant guy but with uh, a big knowledge of uh, of sports of football, and um, he's got a lot, a lot of uh, experience in the in the game. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got a lot of uh, lot of respect for him and. Uh, and because also,
0: you know, he's the one who, who brought me to Sunderland also. Of course. So, as we touched on before, I think your form, um, personally, and the, the team's form, grew massively come the end of the season. But just before we go into like the, the fantastic part, and some of my best memories as, as a Sunderland fan, um, yeah. Sam Allardyce came in, so Sam Allardyce is obviously... A big personality. If you've played in England yes. for as long as you had at that point, everyone knows Big Sam. Um, what were your first impressions of him, and, and how did he introduce himself, sort of, to uh, the the group and you individually?
1: So when uh, when Sam came in, it um, he, he was it was exactly this this type of uh, person, character, charismatic person that should uh, should be with us at this at this time. Yeah. And uh, us as players, we we were uh, delighted to to get Sam as a, as a manager. And straight away, uh, you know, it's really hard, you know, to to restructure a football team. Mm-hmm. It, it's so difficult because you're dealing with so many characters, so many egos, uh, so many different players. So, in life, in general. In any business, it, it's so hard to to deal with uh, with people because everyone's different. But he managed to do that within, I don't know, probably a week, ten days. Yeah. Straight away, from day one, he 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 had he, he passed he passed uh, he passed us a message that basically you take it or you or you stay home or you leave. Yeah. Basically. And um, he had, a straight, and also the next day, he started to have one-on-one meetings with all the players. Uh, so that was with the players, and then the people from the club also. Yeah. To to try and 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 to try and understand each uh, individuals, which uh, which that was the first time for me, to be honest, uh, that uh, I've experienced that, and uh, it helped. It helped. And, uh, yeah, from day one, he, he, he changed everything. He, he was starting to change everything.
0: I spoke In to a good way. Mike Clegg, who obviously I think you would have worked with at the time. Yes. yes. Um, and he said he had a, a fantastic way of making people feel valued. Even exactly. the small members of staff. Is that what makes him such a good manager? Because I think a lot of people see him as long ball or, or basic football, but he takes in a lot of sports science and things like that, doesn't
1: he? Exactly. So he came in with um, with um, a kind of like a, a psychologist for for athletes, yep. for sports, um, and that helped. That helps. At the beginning, we thought oh, that's a bit too much, mm-hmm. but but no, 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 not at all, because he was able to basically read in a, in our minds and to get the best out uh, out of the, any individuals in the in the dressing room. So we've done some uh, some uh, tests on the computers to to try and uh, and learn each player. You know his character how how can how can he face the situation we are in now, right now, and uh how can I get the best out of each player to get out of the of that situation and he's been able to do that
0: How good was he for for fitness because I spoke to um a to Jan Kirchhoff, who Obviously, he was a fantastic player at Sunderland, but had really well-documented sort of injury issues. Um, you said yourself when you came in, obviously, you were three weeks behind, and I think some injuries affected you sort of at the beginning of the season. But with Allardyce, it seemed like everyone stayed fit. I mean, Jan now seemingly can't stay fit wherever he goes, um, which is such a shame. But when he was at Sunderland, he could get to about 70 minutes, fine. Um, what was it about Allardyce and his fitness that kept everyone so in tune?
1: Yeah, one thing I, for, I forgot to say about uh, I forgot to say about Sam is mm-hmm. uh, the, from day one he said that you know, no one of you are none of you are fit to play in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, from the stats that I've uh, I've been going through, each one of you are not fit to play in the Premier League. So he he changed the way we we trained. Uh, he changed he changed many things. You know, like uh, <coughs> even the the food. So, um we were well drilled and um and he basically put pressure he, he put pressure on us yeah he put pressure on us uh for us to to wake up and uh, and it worked it worked
0: i think i watched an interview with um with patrick van aanholt which was quite funny he said when it came to tactics and things like that sometimes he would do things that would make you say I don't think that's going to work and I'm not sure about this and I'm not certain but then you would do it and it would work exactly as he said it was. Does that give you confidence?
1: Yeah. Massively. Massively because like you said before uh, Big Sam he's got he's got that uh, that ability to get the best out of uh, of a player. Um, he's done it uh, at Bolton he's done it at West Ham yeah. he's done it at many clubs and um Honestly, well, I will never forget because, uh, there's not many managers who can do that to players. There's not, it, maybe, you know, it's not the the best way to, you know, to, to coach or, but I think it's the best way to, to manage players. And, uh, and it's not that. And there's not many managers in the, in the country who can do that. Or should I say, you know, they can do it, the, like the old, you know, the old base. Yeah, you've got him and uh, and Harry Redknapp, who uh, who are able to to manage players properly.
0: When we talk about people that you've played under, there's a, a lot of good managers. Then you've mentioned one is in Harry Redknapp, but how highly would you rate Sam Allardyce on that list of managers you've played under?
1: Well, from uh, from what I've experienced with him, yeah, he's up there. Honestly, he's up there because what. What he done to us is uh, is amazing, is amazing. So basically, he 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 managed to, to give us confidence back and to put up, to put um to set up a plan, uh to to stay to stay in the Premier League yeah. and, and it worked. And you are judged you are judged on the on the results. So when he came in uh, from the bookmakers everywhere from anywhere in the country we were down already yeah i think he came in by uh by october yeah it was october um, yeah from october yeah and everyone everyone was saying yeah sundland are, are down and um us, us players we we never believed from i mean we never listened to to whoever was saying outside the outside the the club we were just focusing on uh, on ourselves i think and uh sorry go ahead Yes, and we knew we knew that uh, that we could uh, we could stay stay in the Premier League, and we did.
0: His first win, I remember very very well. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you do as well. And it's probably, if everyone's completely honest with each other, the best memory of Eunice Kabul at Sunderland is not your defending; it's this cross against Newcastle. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've watched it back. Uh, yeah. It was a brilliant cross and like I'll never get my head around how you got that cross in and why you were even there. Um but what are your memories of that
1: derby game and in particular that
0: third goal? Um uh,
1: back in uh so before way before that game it was a pre-season time. Uh I was with uh, I was chatting with uh, with Lee Captain Yeah. And um, and he said to me oh, um you know the the derby uh, between uh, Newcastle and uh, and Sunderland, is nothing to do with Arsenal, Arsenal and Spurs. And um, I said, Are "You sure?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, definitely." Your 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 London derby is uh, is Mickey Mouse compared to uh, <laughs> to the North to the um, East derby. Yeah, I said, "Okay, maybe you're right, but I don't know. I've never experienced that that derby, but we will we'll see." And he was right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we know that he's right. We always knew that he would be right. Lee's never wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was right on that on that day. Um, going to the stadium, uh, I, I thought I thought it was the last game in the world. Yeah, simple as that. I thought it was the last game in the world, and and basically, there's no you cannot go wrong with that game. You cannot lose that game. We very rarely did. As simple as that. <laughs> yeah, but you cannot you cannot no. lose a, you can I mean on that day we couldn't lose. We couldn't we couldn't lose, simple as that. Because the co- the confidence was so high. Uh the vibe, I mean the fans, the fan I mean I don't even talk about the fans because that was ridiculous, honestly. I thought the stadium would just like fall down, fall apart. And <laughs> um, and from from the first minute we we were we were on the phone foot. And we've been like that at the whole game, the whole game from the first minute to the last one and um honestly it's uh you know it's when you it's when you experience games like that that you you understand why you've chosen to to do that uh, that job yeah yeah.
0: That, that cross, could you ever have imagined being in that position at that point? Because <clears> let's <throat> be honest, I, I know we remember that like as an indiv- individual part, but there was many times when you just ran along the left wing and suddenly turned into a winger. Um, <clears throat> but that's the, that's the memory that sort of sticks out. Um, did you kind of see that happening as you started the run? Because I think you ran about 60 yards.
1: Yeah, so basically, I, I've, I mean, I'm a, I'm a defender, but I'm not a natural defender. Uh, I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed to be part of uh, of the game yeah. in uh, in matches and even in training. And um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, like anything. But uh, I felt that uh, when uh, I remember, I've, uh, I've anticipated a pass at the back, and then uh, uh, and then I passed it on to to Jan Villa, and there was a there was a massive gap on the left uh, on the left hand side. Yeah. It was a, a, like basically a motorway, and uh, and I've just gambled. I've, I've sprinted and uh, and I was shouting to to Jan to to play me, and I think at the beginning he didn't want to, he didn't want to, <laughs> but the way I have shouted to him, he had no choice to to pass me the ball, and uh, and he gave me a a very a very good pass, and then uh, I saw Fletch uh, at the back post making uh, making a good run. And I had I just had to to adjust it the best way uh, as as I could uh, at the time, even if that's not my uh, my speciality to to deliver passes like that. But on that day, it worked, and uh, and he finished it brilliantly.
0: You must and have then, watched uh, it back. You must have watched it back before.
1: I did. <laughs> I did after the game. I did after the game. I did, and uh, um, listen, you know. You, it's like anything in life. When uh, when you do something, when you feel something that is, uh, you know, you, you, it's all up in uh, in the mind. You know, I I wanted to I wanted to pass it, you know, to to Fletch for him to to score, and uh, and it worked, it worked. And uh, but I'm disappointed that Fletch didn't uh, didn't come to see me after <laughs> <laughs> after he scored straight he, in you know, the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was, it was a real finish for me
0: the second half of the season I think um, for, for me and I, I think a lot of fans maybe feel the same way it uh, was all about the 4Ks sort of Kabul Kone Kazri Kirchhoff um, and one of the big reasons we went on such a good run because it was different to the other times we stayed up it wasn't we went on a really good run. It wasn't like we had to win. Yes, we won a couple of games towards the end, but we only lost three in about 15. And a big, a big big part of that was the signing of um, those players mentioned just there, but also um, Lamine Coney alongside yourself. Yeah. And, you know, Lamine stayed with us a little while afterwards. And I think a lot of people, a lot of fans feel like when we lost yourself, we lost that partnership. So what was it about your partnership with
1: mean that, that made it so good? Um, I think it's uh, it's the understanding uh, between uh, between each other. Um, when, uh, when Lamine, Wabi and Jan signed in, in January, obviously I knew, I knew uh, Lamine and Wabi uh, and from, uh, from the French League. So yeah. I, I watched them in the past and I knew that they were they were brilliant players, but I didn't know Jan. I didn't know Jan, and um, and as soon as uh, I saw him, you know, in training, and I, you know, straight away I saw a very, very clever guy. Yeah. Uh, in his uh, in his game, and um, and as soon as Dempsey came in, uh, you know, for the first week, I said, I said, okay, we we safe. That's fine now now we we safe, I know that we safe because they're brilliant players, they're clever players and um and they, they i mean they did well they did brilliant brilliantly brilliant, well and uh and, I mean all of us all of us in the in the dressing room the the chemistry, the commitment uh, the understanding between us was uh, was amazing and shazy at the time. Uh, decided, uh, that once a week we, we were going for, for lunch, um, from, uh, from, I think it was from like, uh, December, January to the end of the season. And that was a brilliant idea. But that's an idea came from an experienced player, you know, an experienced, an experienced, uh, man, uh, him, uh, Wes at the time. They were, they were brilliant in a dressing room um because of what they've uh, they've experienced in the past at Man United and they've been in the Premier League for, for years and years. So you know, it was uh, it was great and uh, uh, the value of uh, of the dressing room, you know, each individual was uh, was amazing. It was amazing.
0: A lot of leaders at the time as well. Obviously you've talked yes. John O'Shea and and um, also Wes Brown, a lot of experience. Lee Catamore, obviously I know wasn't the captain at that time, but he's, Lee Catamore's Lee Catamore. Um You came in as, as captain from Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. How important is having like a manager that's such a leader, but also five to six individuals that can lead on and off the pitch?
1: It's as much as important to have a manager. Yeah. You know, the manager cannot be on the pitch on, uh, on the weekend. He's, uh, he's on the sidelines. So, you know to have uh leaders, captains, you know, uh, it's, it's uh there's no price for that. I mean we we had uh, four or five players in the team that you know with uh, with a big experience in the Premier League. And um and your your job at this at this time it's to it's to pass on, you know is to pass on your experience um to to the others to the new players, to the youngest, uh, to the players who comes from the uh, from different league. And uh, that's what we've uh, that's what we've done at the time.
0: With that end of the season, like we said before, there was only three defeats in 15. So we've yeah. been in really good form for some, some time. But outside of maybe the derby win, if you cast your mind back to that period, the real lift off came in two particular games of the season which if i'm honest with you since then it's never been as good but first and foremost i think we'll kind of discuss the chelsea game um mm-hmm. a strange game because i think we go in at half time 2-1 down and I, I remember as a fan being quite feeling like we we were maybe going to lose that game at half time and i think newcastle were playing aston villa that day who were bottom of the league mm-hmm. but second yeah. half was just Something different. W- what was said in the dressing room to turn that game around? Like, how did you address that like, you were losing two-one against a team, you know, one of the best teams in the league, and say we're go- we're going to win this? W- what was said? I think, I
1: think um, so. Yeah, obviously the the Chelsea game was uh, was uh, a big success for for us at the time. But I think the it's not. I mean, for me, it's not the the Chelsea game. Okay. It's the Norwich game away. Yes, uh, we played Norwich away, and we knew that we were playing our direct, um, uh, you know, basically our direct uh, team who, who could, you know, potentially go down. Yeah, but Norwich on that day been not that That Norwich on that day was playing a normal Premier League game uh, against a, a normal team and and we won that game and and i think the the turning point was uh, was the Norwich game and uh, to go back to the chelsea against uh, Chelsea, like you said we were two to 1 down at uh half time and and we just said that in the dressing room that we we cannot lose that game because the way we were playing um we we couldn't lose and um we went back in the second half, and uh, Diego Costa had uh, had the chance to to make it free. Yeah, and Vito Vito made uh, made a brilliant save. Uh, honestly, until that, day, um, I mean, I saw that goal. I mean, you know, like I, I was gotten because I say now that's free, but Vito made made a, a brilliant save, and that kept us in the game, and we. We passed on the the second gear, and we managed to to win uh, to win that game three uh, two. And by the way, Wabi scored a, a cracker on that day.
0: Some goal, some goal that was that was that was at my end that, um, and the minute had left his boot. But it was quite funny. I think it was I think it was Coney was standing in his way, and I think Coney yeah. had to, like dive out of the way to make sure it connected and went in I the think, top corner.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think he shouted before before he. He smashed the the ball yeah. to to move uh, to move out the way, and how he took, how he met, how he met the ball. Uh, pff, there, there's no chance. Was, I mean, there was no chance for, for the keeper. There was no chance for the keeper. And we we were. I mean, overall, in that game, we were more hungry than uh, than Chelsea. Yeah, basically. And I was happy because I was feeling. Basically, I was, um, how can I say that? Um, I was feeling what, uh, what Chelsea felt, yeah. basically. Um, I'm saying that because when I was at Tottenham, for example, when we used to play at Sunderland, we knew what we will face. We will face a fortress. And I could feel that the teams coming to, to, the, to the Stadium of Light, feeling that again. And I was happy. I was happy because I knew that now teams that comes to play us, you know, is not the team that uh, is not the same as you know like uh, six months before. Yeah. Now you come in here, it's a different story, and um, and that's that's uh, that's the reason why also we we stayed up.
0: I think a, a big game that actually cemented that, talking about games that sort of changed things, and I touched on the Chelsea game, but going even further back than the Norwich game, um, the mm. game against Manchester City, we, yes, we lost 1-0. Um, yes. I, well, it depends, because Lamine Kone's challenge on uh, Yaya tour is maybe know, worth a go. <laughs> um, but that, that that was a game that... Had all the new signings in. Pretty much the team that ended up staying up was that team that played that night, give or take one or two players. Yeah. Um, and we deserved something out of that game. And it felt like for the first time in a few months, we had a team, and we put in a performance where we took on probably the best side in the league at that point. And it mm-hmm. felt like no one got an easy ride after that at all.
1: The game, the game, the game against uh, against City. You're right. It was. Uh... It was uh, i mean even if we if we lost that game, but we showed uh you know what uh what what was about us, you know that yeah. we we fought and uh, and we never gave up, and uh, I remember after the game that uh you know on t v and uh you know the talks where man city were were very lucky to 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 win that game, yeah they were, and uh And they they had a brilliant team also, obviously, but uh, I was really proud with with that performance, yeah. So
0: going into the Everton game, which is the one that I suppose almost everyone remembers because it relegated Newcastle, it kept Sunderland up, and it was just... It was the kind of game where nine times out of ten Sunderland would maybe draw that game or lose that game but the minute we went into that game because of the performance and because of the team that we had everyone felt confident and we just demolished a really good team Um, what was the feeling in the dressing room did you feel much like the fans that we were going to win that one did you just know it was coming Uh, it
1: was a long day first of all it was a Wednesday so it was a long day because the the game was uh, was a was a night yeah it was a night game
0: yeah
1: and um, you you need to move before that because we played Chelsea on the on the Saturday I think yeah it was a Saturday Saturday. yeah yeah and uh, basically I think from from Saturday night until uh, until Wednesday I had probably maybe I don't know maybe 15 hours sleeping yeah yeah um, I, I mean, I, I couldn't sleep anymore. Uh, I was, uh, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted everything to to be finished and uh, finished in the way I wanted. So, so to stay to stay up, basically, it was it was a dream that like, coming true, and uh, and that's what happened. And the Everton game. Um, we, I mean, again, we, we had a plan and, um, and we, we started the game strong. Um, everything were, were kind of like light, light and, um, and we, we killed them. Simple as that. We yeah. killed them. Um, the vibe again, the vibe again that night was, uh, was amazing. The, the fans, uh, every, I mean, everyone was uh, was behind us, and we basically we made one from from you know, like from November, October, November, we made one. So the the fans, the team, the staff, the all the people working for Sundance basically the town. It was the town against the town against the Premier League. I mean, any any Premier League team, and uh, that, this, that's what happened uh, that season. So it was—it was not just a football club against all the pony clubs. It was a town, and that made the difference. Yeah. And that night um, against Everton, it, it was—I uh, don't know what can I say. It was like uh, I don't know. It, there's no words to to describe it. Honestly, uh, I cried after the game because <laughs> of all the. All the pre- basically it was all the pressure from uh, from the season um everything 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 came uh, came down in uh, in one game um and we knew that uh, that was it we were safe
0: the fact that you did cry after the game there was a few people that chimed in the um Dick the, yeah. the season beforehand. There's there's a famous quote which you may or may not have heard, which is obviously from Niall Quinn, who's obviously a Sunland legend, and he said about Sunland just getting under your skin no matter which teams you play for. What what sure. is it about Sunland that does just get under your skin as a player?
1: It, it's weird because um I think it, it's more than football. Yeah. It's the it's the people. It's the people uh human being i mean uh, i never i never experienced that before the the people from uh, from the northeast are, are they're just special they're just special they are people with uh, with big values but i think that comes from uh, from the background from education uh, i think you growing up you don't grow up the same way as uh, as anywhere you know like say london or the south yeah. uh, the northern people are are different in many ways, but positively, obviously. Yeah, and uh, I think they're stronger. They're stronger. They're, they've got um, bigger values, and they appreciate more things. They, yeah, they, they are by themselves, and um, they, they simple, and basically, they, they were, they were, you know, like everything, uh, everything I am. So. I mean, uh, Neil, uh, Neil Queen is uh, is right by uh, by saying that uh, someone gets to into your skin, and uh, that's exact that's exactly what happened. I've got uh, I know that I will live with uh, with um, souvenirs that uh, I will never experience again. I know that, and uh, but in a way, it's it's good because um, I've experienced something. You know, like, totally unique. And yeah. uh, I will never forget this. Never.
0: Talking about how positive it all was at that point. And like I said, I don't think it's ever been as good since. And we're talking almost five years ago now, which is a long time in football. Um, yes. I was at the game against uh, Manchester City, the, the next game, the season after that, obviously when Big Sam left and, and Moise took over. And as much as the, the season was was a mess for want of a better word. The first game of the season, we actually looked defensively as solid as we ever did with yourself and Lamine sort of in the, in the center. And I've spoke to, I spoke to Vito around a year ago, um, surrounding sort of your departure, because I think it left a lot of fans really unhappy with your departure. And football is football and people say certain things. and, And there was a million and one rumors going around about why you had left at that point. um, when I spoke to Vito he indicated that very much was you you weren't looking to leave at all but what's your version of events what what are your memory of the time when Watford made a bid and, and why you did eventually leave um,
1: um, basically uh, I mean my my family at the time mm-hmm. um, I mean for myself he it was different because uh uh i was um I had a social life you know every day with uh, with the lads and uh, you know in the dressing room so you know it, it was it wasn't a problem but for for my family it was difficult yeah it was difficult and um but they never came to me and said uh that we we're not feeling really really well you know mhm. Um but I had to I had to notice it myself. Yeah. And um and I had to take a decision. So um, we were we went preseason in uh, in Austria. Yeah. And uh, my agent uh, I mean my agent the, basically the, the club uh, Watford said that that uh, they, they they want you. Mhm. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, uh, take it, take it, um, because we, we want to go back, uh, we, we would like to go back home Yeah, for, for the, for the family. Um, yeah, so, but I don't, I don't really like to, to speak too much about this because, yeah. um, because I had no reason, I, I had no reason really to, to leave. Yeah. You know, after after the after the season we we've experienced before, and we stayed safe, and we had a strong team. So I was uh, I was gutted. I was uh, I was uh, kind of like depressed to to leave uh, to leave uh, this football club. But I knew I knew at the time that I was not just leaving a football club. I was leaving a town. I was leaving some people. Yeah. Uh, I was living, you know, so you know that that was uh, really, really, really difficult at the time. Really difficult, and uh, and obviously we we had uh, some uh, some friends also in uh, in Durham, yeah, that uh, we were really close with also, and uh, that was uh, that was difficult. That was difficult. So yeah, and then. Uh, uh, I've made uh, a transfer request to, to the club, yeah, and um, at the beginning they said uh they said no, yeah, but I said to them i said look that's no that's nothing to do with football that's uh that's family reasons, you know
0: yeah, family's family yeah i yeah. I think most so, people can understand yeah it. so
1: then eventually they they've they' accepted,
0: so the club did try to keep you at one point,
1: yes yeah, yeah, yeah they did, and uh, and I respect. Uh, I respect. That. I mean, they 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 understood the, the situation at the time, and um, and, uh, and and then at the end they said, okay, you you can uh, you can go.
0: You didn't get a great deal of time with them, literally weeks, because he came in quite late in pre-season, and obviously you left after the first game, but. What were your initial impressions of David Moyes? Because I know it didn't work out with Sunland, but in that time frame, could you have imagined that it would have went off badly from your experience?
1: Uh, some some uh, should have stayed. Yeah, to be honest, uh, big Wish. some should have stayed, <laughs> and um, and um, the the club w- would have been uh, would have been more stable. Yeah, because if you look. If you're looking at uh, the the previous season, so we stayed up, but we, we, we didn't lose a game for, for quite a while. And we were on the run. So for us, as players, we wanted to carry on. So obviously we had the break, we had the summer summer break, but we wanted to carry on the same way we finished. So that was the plan.
0: I think we could that have done really well the next season. I think if he'd stayed, yeah, of course, would have been not even close to. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, I'm wearing you, red and white glasses, but I think we could have pushed the the top ten
1: easily, easily. And and uh, but we will never know, obviously. But that was the plan. The plan was to carry on the same in the same way as we as we finished the the previous season and, and starting from from uh, the day one of pre season. You know, and uh, and so we started like that. Obviously, big Sam. Uh, we I think we've done one or two friendly games with him, yeah. and we were we were playing well. And then uh, and then he left, which is normal for him. I mean, it's a it's a <laughs> dream job coming yeah, in for uh, for him to get the the, the England uh, national team, <laughs> which is normal. But I know for fact, I know. That uh, if uh, some would uh, would have stayed, then it would it would have been a different story. Yeah, Vito and, said the and, same. Yeah, yeah. And today the club and today the club will, wouldn't be wouldn't be to to where they where they are now. But that's that's life. What can you yeah. do? You know you you know the the today today it's uh, it's just a matter of you know getting the club stable again before thinking too much it's to get a strong base and to to build up from there one day it's it'll all be easy. okay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Um, no it's not easy it's not easy so I suppose my, my final question is a nice easy one I think um, yeah. but if you had to pick your five a side team from players that you played alongside at Sunland, who would be your five a side team
1: uh, Lamin Coné yep. Defoe yeah Kazuri.
2: yeah. Lee,
1: yeah. And uh, Jan. Perfect. Are you play Moshi goalkeeper. <laughs> Who goes uh, in no, goal? No, 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 no. We don't need. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. I <I'd> agree. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to just to go back on the on the goalkeeper on the goalkeeper situation yeah. at the time because we had two brilliant keepers. We had Vito and and, uh, and Pix. Yeah. Uh, obviously, at the time, Pix was uh, was coming through the team uh, slowly, slowly, and he uh, was amazing at training. he was amazing, and sometimes I used to say to him, "I said you crazy," because sometimes at training we 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 used to play a, a a game, and the ball the ball goes out, and straight away he, he wants to to rush and do a you know a goal kick or yeah. to try and make a, a decisive pass and an assist, and before I was going to say anything to him, and you know, by the time I was going to say something, he made an assist. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, y- you, are the- how do you do?" And uh, that—that th- was his—that uh, was his strength. And uh, Vito also, Vito saved us uh, on many occasions. And um, and you know, to stay up, you need a uh, you need a good goalkeeper. Absolutely. You need a good goalkeeper. When uh, when you're in a, not in a good situation, you need a good goalkeeper. Uh, the same if you want to be champion, you want you you need a, a top goalkeeper. And we had that. We had, we had that
0: wonderfully. Um, yeah. Eunice, that was that was really lovely to chat to you, and I, I hope you enjoyed obviously chatting about your time at Sunderland. But um, yes, thank you so much.
1: Yes, uh, listen, all all the pleasure is for me. Um, if I have a message to to send. Uh, to to Sunderland, it's uh, I will never forget ever ever uh, this town, the people, the football club, because uh, whatever I've experienced that season, uh, basically I've spent I spent a year there, but I felt that I've spent ten years because yeah. uh, it was a roller coaster season, and um, and you need that sometimes, you know, in uh, in your life, you know, at least uh, it was not a boring season. It was, uh, uh, you know, a season with uh, full of emotion, and uh, thankfully yeah, everything ended uh, ended well. And today, I, I, I wish, I only wish that uh, the club will go back to to where it belongs, which is the the Premier League. One day. And uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so because um, the town needed it, the people need it, um, and uh, Sundland You can go anywhere in the world. Sunderland is known, you know, it's well known in uh, in any any football country. And uh, to see to see Sunderland today in uh, in uh, in League One, it's uh, it's a bit wrong. But we we know we know why, we know why because of uh, all uh, everything happened. But uh, one day you know in football one day you here the next day you you there so i'm not worried about that i know that they, they will uh, they will go back uh, in the prem
0: Eunice, thank you very much um pleasure pleasure Glenn. absolute pleasure. pleasure you enjoy um whatever your next steps are uh, please keep in touch thank let you. us know what you're doing um yes and hopefully we'll get back to actually playing football and talking about football in the coming months